Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts, Chris Schuber, floating around producing this thing. And somewhere even higher floating around is Sam Russo. Who knows what the hell he's doing in here, but he's been on the podcast the last few days. Nobody knows that, but I feel like people should because I at least have to see his box here on this uh, this year quad situation that we have. Uh, we're brought to you by Bet Online. We're uh, that's the number one spot for all your sports wagering information. They've got everything: NFL, college football. There's Thursday night football tonight. Maybe you want to get in on the action. Check it out. Super easy to use website. It's available on your desktop or your mobile device. We do have a deal for you. Sign up today. Get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Believe Fifty. That's B L E A V five zero. It's Bet Online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy first day of fall to you. Happy Kyle has a margarita on the show day today. That's that's what I'm celebrating. So so that was what you were doing. You were I saw a bot. Yep, you are actually. Yep, you are shaking a margarita on the show today. Okay. I mean, I got like five more hours worth of work to do today. So I mean, uh, I've been I'm, up I'm since just happy three. that you can. I've been up can, since three. So I've mm. been at it for what eight hours already. So you're celebrating accordingly. I I got my deliverables done. I got to do the podcast. We have the staff meeting after this. I'm going to grind some tape. I already worked out. Like, mm. get to have a cigar and watch Thursday night football. And we're going to have a margarita at lunchtime. That's that's the vibe wow. we're living in today. Hope that sets the tone accordingly for everybody with the podcast. Because like, we're in a, we're in a good place despite the fact that we're sleep deprived. So this is where I jump in and tell everybody what we're doing on the Thursday show because Joe wants nothing to do with that responsibility on the show. Uh, Three segments like you've seen each of the last couple of days. That's kind of the the theme rolling forward here. Uh, We we have the weekly watch list. People that didn't watch on YouTube thinks somebody just peed. Right. And well, and guess what? You're not getting a YouTube version today. So you're just going to. Yeah, you're just going to be stuck (laughs) in the ether, not knowing what's going to happen. Uh, The weekly scientists don't even know the weekly watch list where we talk about all the games that we're interested in. Uh, We have big boards are back. We are ranking the top five stadiums that you've never been to, but that you want to go to here on the show. And then no one cares about your fantasy team where we have a couple of players in the fantasy realm that we want to talk about, maybe get a deeper understanding of what's really going on. And if, if it is really dire straits for some of these players, one to 10 scale, how's the margarita Kyle, before we get started, Uh, it's a nine and a half, nine and a half. I just need a little salt on the rim, but I I don't have that. So salt on the rim guy, huh? Yeah, I like salt. Yeah, salt I'm not. I'm not, I'm not a huge salt on the rim guy for the yeah, margarita. Yeah, not really. Not a big guy. A big I'll just. Guy um, I'll put the second one that I made uh, in the fridge and wait until Sunday and collect either Chris, your or Sam's salty tears from losing when the Bengals and Jets play each other uh, to make my margarita. And we, I hope nobody thought I was going to be talking shit because I'm not. Just I just want to make it zero t- shit. I want to make it particularly clear before we get into the watch list. We were discussing in the pre-show the rotating duels that are going to happen on this show the over the next couple of weeks. 
because of all of our teams are playing each other in this like short little stretch, it's going to be wild. So just buckle up. But yes, we can weekly watch list. So guys, uh, Joe, where do you want to start? What's on your weekly watch list this week? Well, I've got a few games down here that are interesting to me, but uh, from the NFL side of things, there's a big one. Raiders and Titans. Someone's going to be 0-3. Oh, that's I mean, a that's a do or die game. Yeah. It's not accurate. Like, that's not accurate. They could tie. They could tie the game. Chris. Chris. So you're you're going to hit me with this. So, this Chris, is, we, this we had is a t- why we had people a, don't like you. We had a tie in week one, and you're going to come Jeez. at me. You're going to come at me with uh, it's not. It's they, One of these teams has to be on three. No, they could tie. The overwhelming probabilities indicate one of these teams is going to be 0-3. Right. And if you get to 0-3, guess where you're not going? To the playoffs, right? It's done for you. That you're, that's too deep of a hole. Like historically, it just doesn't happen. And you're talking about two playoff teams from last year, the number one seed in the Titans, the Raiders that got in, all the excitement that existed from bringing in Devontae Adams and signing Chandler Jones and Josh McDaniels being the head coach. Someone's going to be 0-3. And I think for both of those teams, if they don't get to the postseason this year, that's disappointing. And someone's going to be in a very, very deep hole. Not And 1-2 and is a deep hole, too. They are already talking about Josh McDaniels being on the hot seat. Bro, it's insane. Now, I, I think that's probably a little overreactionary, right? But at the same time, the fact that it's even a conversation is wild. And I, I get that there was some mismanaged opportunities would probably be a good way to put it. Um, but and, and I get that he was previously a head coach, but that was what? A decade ago, man, that like that's when Tim Tebow was winning playoff games, man. Like how that feels like a thousand years ago. Isn't that wild? And like Josh is still like not old. Right. Josh, Josh did the John Gruden like decade off thing <laughs> from being a head coach, came back and he's still like, I don't know how young Josh McDaniels is, but he's probably like a median. I, I see Chris's fingers. I got what it. Do, what do you want to know? What do you, you got? Want to take, do you want to guess can, first? Can I, take, can I take a stab at it? Please. I'll say 51. Whoa, I'll take the under. Uh, the under would, would cash. He's 46 years old. 46. Joe, you could have at least Josh not McDaniels. been a coward and thrown a yeah. number out there well, instead Chris, of just taking the under. I was going to say oh, I was going to say 44. Honest to God. You're I right. I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to give you respect after you said, quote, Chris, this is why people don't like you. You started this. Just you came make in there. Clear. I'm trying to build this point about two teams getting 0 and three. And you have to come in with the point zero five percent chance that this game ends in a tie. You had to be the guy that does that. And you had to say what you said. So you're getting us off to a great start. I hope people think we're actually feuding. <laughs> I don't think Chris and I have ever actually feuded, have we? I don't think so. Uh, we oh. we will we will feud. I can I can promise everybody right now because you're gonna you're gonna hop on this Mets bandwagon when the playoffs start, and that's gonna mm. piss me off. That's gonna be our first fight. Yeah, that like, that's gonna really annoy me because I've known you for a while. Like we've spent a lot of time together. Correct. So we have yeah. a real feud. Can we identify the uh, Joe? I think you bring up a good point, and Chris, please ignore the probability of ties <laughs> when I say this. <laughs> sure. Okay. Can we go through the zero and two teams? And kind of identify, like, hey, wh- do we like their chances to avoid being 0-2? Sure. sure. Um, so what, our first one, Raiders-Titans, that game happening, that's in Tennessee. Who do we like? I like Tennessee. 
I like Tennessee as well. Yeah, I, I just have more belief it. in Mike Vrabel. I yeah. just do. Like he's always been great at rallying his team. You know how I feel about Derek Carr, but I have not liked what I've seen the first two weeks from this offense. Tennis Tennessee has the better players on both sides of the trenches. Yep. Yep. And they're at home. And that for me, I, I like Tennessee as well. Although Dylan Parham looking good. Let's go. Dylan see it. Parham. Love to see it. Let's uh, go. Interior offensive lineman for the uh, Raiders, because they don't have anybody else. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are 0-2, correct? They are. Yeah, they're, they're home. Uh, they are home against the New Orleans Saints. Mrs. Marino is going to be in attendance for this game. Oh, no. Yeah. She's going by herself, huh? I was she, is she going he, with friends? She's going, yeah, not with me. She's not she, going well, with me. He said yeah, Mrs. Joe's, Marino. going to be busy at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Yeah, something to do. Uh, no, she's going with, uh, shout out Mary. What's up? Oh, fun. What's up, Mary? There's something about her, you know? <laughs> that was That's good. good. That was good. That was we good. both got that one too. That was very good. That's good. So, so nobody likes the Panthers' chances. Did we? I did don't. we even say whether we not we like their I chances? I don't. Panthers, Your coach still Matt Rule. Hell, yeah. Okay. Sure, sure uh, is. The commander. The commanders are zero and two. Uh, the commanders are one and oh, one. How dare one you? One. Disrespect. Ryan Fowler's. I'm ears just are looking at the schedule. I'm, I don't dis- have it in front of me, and I know they gave up a lot of points. Uh, the Colts are all one and one, so they don't. Uh, they don't apply. They're winless. They're winless, and they host the Chiefs. So they'll be 0-2. 0-2, which puts them in the danger zone next week. Correct. Um, the Bears are 1-1. The Bengals are 0-2. I, I know you are tra- I'm not, trying to. I'm not that far down yet, Chris. The Texans are 0-2. The Texans are 0-1-1. They tied that game that you Jeez just mentioned Louise. about the Colts. Imagine. This This tells you that we're still rusty here. Um, the Bengals are 0-2. They are. And they're, they're going at the to Jets. the Meadowlands to play the Jets. Correct. Is it still the Meadowlands? It is uh, MetLife Stadium. MetLife. Joe, Chris, Chris isn't allowed to answer. And Sam, keep your Michael. I think the Bengals are going to win the game. You do think the Bengals win the game? Yeah. What's the recipe for the Jets to win the game? Uh, uh, tons of sacks. Um, Joe Flacco playing good again. I don't know. Like, I'm not counting on that. I think it's more likely that Joe Burrow plays well and that the, those receivers have a lot of production that the defense that we've seen Cincinnati be able to play in the past will show up. Like, I think there's more there. Sorry, Chris. And then we have Falcons uh, at Seattle. Owned to that's Atlanta. Com- that's compelling. I'll the take Falcons, the home team, though. Seattle at home. The Falcons will surprise and play really good through three quarters and then give it away in the fourth quarter, and the Seahawks will win, and the Falcons will be on three. That's it for 0-2. That, huh? That's it for your winless team. I should have said winless teams, but 0-2 teams. So if you're looking for high leverage games to be played, that's where, where you would start. What about on the college side of things? Yeah. I, I, I for one, if I may. Sure. Quick snappy here. Yeah. Ohio State hosting Wisconsin. That's on my list. Very eager to see Stroud against Jim Leonard. That is yep. appointment television anytime you can get it. Mm-hmm. Casual football fans may be asking, who's Jim Leonard? Well, Jim Leonard's the defensive coordinator for the Wisconsin Badgers. Well-deserving of a head coaching job years ago and continues to stay at Wisconsin and and just has this well-oiled machine of this NFL super complex coverages, blitz packages, exotics type defense. And it's a super fun structural defense to watch and seeing how C.J. Stroud processes that is probably number one on my list for matchups unless you were going to be looking 
in Knoxville. Yeah, that was that was the game. I had I had Ohio State, Wisconsin written down, and then I also had Tennessee, Florida written down. Oh, that's because, one for me. Yeah, it's Hendon Hooker, right? Like the quarterback for Tennessee. We're kind of looking for more names to enter this quarterback conversation. Not that I think Hendon Hooker gets to QB one, but like we can't ignore what he's done since becoming the Vol starter uh, early last year. I mean, the production's been there. He takes care of the football. He's got size. He can move. He's got arm talent. He uh, has very good mechanics, very quiet feet. Like, there's something about this Hendon Hooker. Maybe wish he was a little younger, but the production is becoming impossible to ignore, and I'm excited to see what it looks like now that there's a year of tape on this offense in the SEC, and he opens SEC play this week. And so Florida's coming into town. They've got some players on defense. This is going to be a good matchup. Also, low-key Maryland-Michigan is a really good matchup when Maryland has the ball from an NFL draft prospects perspective. The Michigan defense versus the skill players and obviously the offensive line. We've got Jalen Duncan at left tackle. Um, Maryland's got quite a few guys who are going to be playing on Sundays. And for them to go against uh, the Michigan defense in the big house is a game in the noon slate. Kind of works out well. That's the noon slate main event for me. And then you got Florida, Tennessee at 3.30. And then you got Wisconsin, Ohio State at 7.30. So you kind of got this nice uh, dispersion, if you will. And then I'll have uh, probably USC, Oregon State on it at nice 10 one. o'clock game. Yeah. So you, you'll, you'll have at least one really nice game with a lot of names to watch in every block on Saturday. I agree. It won't be a uh, a flat week of college football because flat should describe your TV screen, not your TV sound. You can experience your entertainment like never before with the new Sonos Ray. This compact and easy-to-use soundbar puts you at the center of shows, movies, and games, and more with crisp highs and precisely balanced crisp. bass. You breeze through Balanced. setups with help from the Sonos Dynamic. app, which is super easy to download. You can even super use easy. your own remote for control. And when the TV is off, you can stream music, radio, podcasts, music. and audio books from radio. all your favorite services. Uh, you, there's even a mute button. So if you if you don't want to hear Kyle interrupt my ad reads, that's going to be there for you as well. Mute. Visit Sonos.com to learn Sonos. more. So, Joe, can I just ask the disrespective skipping the mid-major list of the week? or Oh, Go ahead. I just wanted to get that ad read in. No, that's fine. Sorry. But we were, you know, we were doing the weekly watch list, and the ad read's supposed to be the, the break to the new say, and then you just ran over the mid major. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Uh, N- Nevada Air Force tomorrow. Are you going to try and tell us BYU Wyoming? BYU Wyoming <laughs> is one of the games that I'm selecting. Yes, because I will be it's watching that. It's not a mid major. <laughs> I will be watching that game as well. Uh, and we talked about them a little bit last week. James Madison, now a member of the FBS, they play Go their Dukes. first sun. They play their first Sun Belt game. And they play App State. So oh, that should be that's wow. gonna be a lot of fun. Yo, that's actually low key a very that's intriguing game. Imagine imagine not wanting the mid major weekly watch list. Imagine. Because you would you would forget things like that, Joseph. Is App so, State yes. America's team? Like everybody loves them, right? We're all rooting for App State. <laughs> everybody. Except if you live in um Michigan or if you live in Texas. College Station area. Yeah, yeah, if you live in College Station or in Ann Arbor, you probably Ann Arbor, you're not. You don't believe that they are uh, the Mountaineers. Mountaineers. You know what? Yeah, I'll say this: I, I the visited... best Mountaineers in the country. Ooh, that is that is probably this year. True. This it's year, correct. probably true. correct. One hundred percent. I I uh, I go to Boone a fair amount. It's not far from our house. We usually go there to get a Christmas tree, stuff like that. And so every time you go to Boone, 
you're reminded that they're still celebrating that win over Michigan. Well, folks, there's a new now they have the win over Texas A&M. Like, what's it going to be like this year? They got two wins to celebrate, and they're not done. I promise you they're not done. You can't go into an establishment without being reminded that App State beat Michigan. Now there's a whole new story to tell. It's gonna they're going to have to build a whole new town. <laughs> Bro, it's insane. Plus, d- just two of everything so that they can have one for the Michigan win and one for the A&M win. Man, I play next to, year? I need, play next I need, year? I don't know, but I need them to go on a run because they go too coastal late in the year. Just want to make that known. Thursday game on ESPN. Oh, is Coastal goodness. what they've been? Like, are they Coast, still a Coastal's thing? Coastal's 3-0 to start the year, Joseph. They, 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 beat the Army by, or they beat Army by two scores. 38-28 over Army. They beat Gardner-Webb 31-27. And then last week, they beat Buffalo 38-26. to Yeah. So they, play the, Virginia they, they have the one year. impressive win over Army. They played Virginia late in the year. In Virginia. It's probably the biggest game on their schedule. Yeah, you know, Tony Elliott, I don't know about this guy in offense, man. I don't know. Based on what happened at Clemson and the regression that we've it, seen at Virginia. What what's I have not seen uh the Cavs play at all. What's Bro, going on? They're not they ain't what they were last year. And, and I'll tell you what, they didn't really lose much. They lost their Mercy. center to Michigan. What they lose a running back that wasn't that big of a deal. They still have Wicks and uh Keaton Thompson and Brendan Armstrong. We will. We will. There is no they play at North App State plays at North Carolina in 2023. But circle 2024 because they go to Clemson. Oh no. That's the next one. Can we get there? Can we get tickets now? We gotta go, right? We gotta go to the game. September 7th, 2024, App State at Clemson is the next potential dynamite upset for Boone. Imagine the recruiting pitch that they have at App State. To oh, you want to complain the Sun Belt compete for conference championships every single year as two and three star players and oh by the way knock off a power five team like right. a, a, like a top ten ranked team every other year. Right. I know it's it, the, the, the math there is not correct but I'm not a math guy in general so uh, it works. Hey do we want to switch gears? Yeah. Big boards? Yeah. Top five stadiums we want to go to that we've never been to. I had we're, we're four going, honorable mentions, so I was this hurt. We're going five to one, correct? Five to one, yes. You're the fifth most all the way up to the one that you really want to go to. And I had a tough time with this. This was tough for me. Is there a okay. – do we want to just each name one at a time no. so we go, hey, this five, is the fifth. Five, 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 four, 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 three, three. That's what I meant. We each yes. pick the – okay. So fifth on my list, I'll start us off. Is Milan Puskar Stadium, where the West Virginia Mountaineers play? I went a little home with number five. I've never You've been. You've never yeah. been. I've never been, and so I figured I don't want to put them way too high because then people will accuse me of being a homer. So I put them early on in the list, number five. Chris, did you know that I went there for a game? Saw Kyler I, Murray, Hollywood Brown, and they didn't sing Country Roads. Well, because they didn't win. Well, sing it to start the fourth quarter. Maybe they, they, you win they, every game. Joe, they, they they only play the song if they win. That's a stupid thing. Sing it every single game between the third and fourth quarter. Right. That's that's kind of like everybody else bakes that into their game day experience, right? So you're guaranteed to get it. Right. I was so yeah. upset. I'm still We have upset. high expectations at West Virginia University. I suppose. That's my number five. Okay. Uh, I guess. Joseph, not your number five. Coming in at number five. Oh, there it is. <laughs> The TikTok kid. 
there's not going to be many people that know what that was. No, that's but. a reference for like 12 people. But Top sure. five stadiums I'd like to see. <laughs> Coming at number five for me is Arrowhead Stadium, Kansas City Chiefs. Hmm. I, I mean, it, it looks awesome. The fans are crazy. Uh, every game you watch there is so visually cool because it's like so much red. It's bright, vibrant, loud. Like, I want to be part of that. I want to see it. Um, and I will very soon, but I haven't been there yet, and it's it's on my list. Man, you're, you, you are going to go to that. Your first experience at Arrowhead is going to be Bill's Chiefs. Very, very fortunate to be in a suite. Yes, <laughs> it's you be are. A good sp- yes, I'm in a suite. Are. I'm with a couple of former Bill's players. I'm in a good spot to be. You're not sharing one with Brittany and Jackson Mahomes, though, are you? Uh, you know, I don't they think can, so. I don't think we're going to be the same suite. But they might be in the next suite over, so just be careful. Yeah, it, just bring an umbrella. And you don't get sprayed by champagne yeah, or something. Yeah, like I will. That, so. I will. You might be in a TikTok or something. Uh, number five for me, Allegiant Stadium, where the Raiders play. Just talk about looks, aesthetics. Game day experience. Miami played there uh, in September last year, so I got to to feel that on TV, and that just looks and feels like it is an awesome environment. Now, I would probably have to sell a kidney to afford a ticket, <laughs> so I don't know. But uh, I don't know. We we get this the the Super Bowl or something like that in there. I'm sure that would be like a surreal game day experience. So was I've- the Fitz throw there? Did that happen at that stadium? That did happen at that stadium, but nobody it was, was there. the COVID year. So it was like, 2020. Gosh. yeah, it wasn't a I've full been, stadium for that one. You I've have been, been not, but not for a football game. So I didn't know how to gauge that for this. I've been inside the building. I've sat in the seats. I've, is it, it amazing? For a wrestling event. It is something else. The architecture is amazing. It is really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. The torch. Okay. And we got host. Spoiler. It's on my list at some point, but we got host. Because the day we left Shrine practices, they practiced the next day in that, that stadium. Yeah. And I'm upset We have to talk it. to our booking agency. Right. We got bamboozled. Be, be careful. Be careful. Wait, even. Uh, number four. Joe, do you want to start? Uh, sure. I'll go uh, first. Um, number four for me is U.S. Bank Stadium. That's where the Minnesota Vikings play. I just think visually call. that stadium looks awesome with like that opaque um, – view type situation like just visually super cool looking i know it's state of the art um never been to minneapolis so i don't know if I, this is one i don't know if i, ever, I will ever get to but i would love to well you have two Looks nfl awesome. stadiums on here I, I i had trouble getting one on here i have two i, I, two. I getting one on here was tough you want me to go number four yeah okay i i listen I put a soccer stadium on the list. I'm sorry, but this is this is a big board of stadiums so where the that I want to go to. So <laughs> StubHub Center. So I went uh, London Stadium in London, England, which is where my West Ham Hammers play. Um, and the big thing is, is I've never seen a soccer game in in England. I've never been to any of the stadiums. I almost put Wembley on the list as well. But for me, if I'm going to pick one stadium in England to go see a soccer game, it's going to be London Stadium where my team plays. So I put London the, Stadium on the list. The West Ham Hammers. Yeah, West Ham United. We are the Hammers. Okay, I'm looking. See, at the I logo thought you here. were taking the angle to see an NFL game, like in the international series. Not, not one bit. No, I would like to see my soccer team play in their home stadium. Excuse me, Chris. Uh, my my next one is my other NFL stadium, and it's Lambeau Field. I have that. I have that on the list as well. A little higher up, though. Just um, obviously the historical dynamics. Um, 
I'm kind of a sick puppy. Like, send me in January, right? Like, mm-hmm. let me get the full experience. Now, full I'd experience. have to go like in a biohazard or a space. I guess a spacesuit would probably be the Heated appropriate jacket. apparel, right? Like, no, like literally what they walk out in space where it's like thermoregulated and all that kind oh, of yeah, stuff. Like, I that. would need that and like the battery pack with like the in, um, the the heater and and pump in that way. Um, but it would just be really cool to, to be where so much has happened. Right. And, and kind of soldier fields, the other NFL team that's like that, but I went to a preseason game in soldier field and soldier fields very nice, but, um, soldier field will never not be on my S list for their all 22 angles that we dealt with for so long. Gotcha. So they're off the list. Number three, I have the horseshoe for number three for me. Chris, I've never been. What do you want? We me to have do? so much in common. I, it's on the. Do you have it in number three too? Horseshoes at number three for me too. Let's go. Yeah, I put it number three. Ohio I've Stadium. Never been. Gotta see it. Where the Buckeyes play. Right. Give me a big. Give me a big time game though. I don't need to go like when they play like some division. Can we two go school. for the black? Can we go for a blackout when they wear the sure. black? Sure. It's just gotta yeah. be. It's just gotta be a game that means something. Like that's the other thing too. Like I'm not picking just some random first week game where they're playing. You no, no, I got I need it. I need a top tier environment for the game. I have something un- unpopular that I'm about to say because I feel like I need to justify like why I don't have those don't types of places. You don't need to justify anything. It's your list. Well, it's your big board. Uh, right. But I don't, and it's going to sound contradictory here in just a moment, but I, we did Tuscaloosa for uh, Brian Denny for Alabama, um, LSU, LSU, like one of the biggest games in recent history. Like, I feel like I've satisfied my urgency, my desires to be in the 100,000 plus people college atmosphere game. Uh, what like, an elitist like take from Joe. No, He's I, already been there, done that. Doesn't that want to do that. That moved me off. No, it moved me off of the Ohio State type stadiums or, you know, those types of places. Again, I told you it's going to sound contradictory here in a second, but that's why I didn't populate it with much of that. Uh, you guys had the same for number three. So you need my number three? That's yes. how it works. Jerry World. I hadn't been. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I was there for, for Cowboys Dolphins in 2019. I want to go. I want to see that it's 60 everything. yard it's screen. Correct. I would take it over SoFi. And I know you and I just really? went to the SoFi oh, wow. uh, stadium. I would take it over SoFi. Number but two. But that's, that's my measuring stick for like Allegiant Stadium. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Allegiant's gonna, Allegiant will knock your socks off. I'll just be right, but Jerry will knock my socks off as well. I think Allegiant will do better. And I've never been to Jerry World, but I think Allegiant will. It's something. I hope so. I have Lambo number two. We already mentioned it because Kyle put it on his list earlier. But I have Lambo number two, and and I'm with I'm with Kyle. Give me the the total experience. Give me the Chris. We gotta go. Can we go? Well, they play the Jets play there in week six, but it's like October, so it doesn't really. Yeah, no, like let's. It doesn't count. It, so if our travel agent books us for like Shrine and and Senior Bowl and they're we're still playing, they're still playing in that window and they have a home game. Like maybe we can finagle like let's out of pocket like a trip, like a cool. day a a, a twenty four hour trip up there for a a home playoff game. I'm in. Packers, do your job. I don't <laughs> ask for much. Just do your job. Uh, number two for me is Allegiant Stadium. So we've talked about it. Raiders oh, want to see it. Great. Great. Um, this one might surprise a little bit. Uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Dude, it was on my honorable mentions. I almost tried to sneak it in. BYU. Yeah, I almost tried home to sneak it in. Home of the beautiful scenery, right? 
We, Beautiful oh, Varkoogs and the the mountain in the background, the mountain like basically in a mountain, is great. my jam. Yeah, that's would that be a looks very like cool a episode. very very amazing kind of landscape to play a football game in. And I've always kind of had a soft spot for BYU, mid major um, BYU. Yeah, kind of. You know, Joe likes to point <laughs> out I'm a Boy Scout, so go out to Provo and like kind of do the whole like all the national parks out there and stuff, and stuff yeah. like that. That would just be like a, I'd make that like a week trip. So, and because it's a week trip, it actually gets up pretty high for me, but Man, it's should, like, should... I, I, I kind of agree with Joe, like the, the nose up, like, yeah, man, I did big 10 championship game at Lucas oil. I did Bryant Denny. I've done whiteouts at happy Valley. I did Neyland stadium, the rivalry game against Tennessee or against Kentucky. Like I've been to some amazing venues, some amazing venues, but so, so for me, it's more what are the, the top of the list was what are really unique experiences that like you can't replicate. And Lavelle Edwards is, is number two. Number one? Coming in at number one. I have one that you both have mentioned because you've done it. I haven't. Brian Denny. Bryant Denny Stadium is number one for me. I've never done it. So that one, give me a, give me a big time SEC game. It just means more down there. Our draft dude's there, not doing. There, there's a. Ch- I, I. I'm not. I don't know. There's a chance. There's a chance. Let me, let me tell you. Do recommend going for an Alabama loss, though. You want to. You want to see some reaction. Oh, the entertainment. Brother. Wow. You get three. You get four hours of game entertainment, and then you get another four hours of Alabama fans that have lost like eight games in ten years, who are just ready to throw Nick Saban into the sun. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Joe's ready to fight people walking down the sidewalk. Because they're bad takes. They're just bad takes. Like, you have no perspective whatsoever in, in your life. Uh, uh, go ahead, Joe. Number one for me. I know Kyle's been there, and this is where I said it was going to sound a little contradictory, but it's Neyland Stadium. And I've said this for a long time. I just want to go. Um, it's awesome. I got a chance to see uh, the, the Vols fans. I went to Georgia Tech, Tennessee at uh, Mercedes Benz for that week one game. And so I got to hear everybody singing Rocky top and the Smokey, the dog, and, and just like the enthusiasm that they have. There's something different about mountain towns, right? Like that's definitely something that makes for a better environment. And I, I feel like I've gotten like the highlights and I want to see the full thing. I want to, I want to be there for like a big game though. Right. Like when's the last like, time you saw Rocky top? Last time I saw Rocky top. What yeah. is that? It, oh, like, like the actual Rocky top. Have you ever seen the actual Rocky Top? No, I've never seen Rocky Top. Mm. Go to Gatlinburg. You can go up. They got like a big bridge and there's an outlook and it kind of like almost like astrology where like it tells you where stuff's at and you look and then you look up and it points out where Rocky Top is. No. Well, they got the best fight song in college football. They got amazing colors. They have great uniforms. Correct. Huge stadium. Sam is screaming right now with his microphone off. You know what, Sam? If you got something to say about that, get in here and defend just, it. Just about the uniforms. Wow, we're gonna do uniforms today. This no, is we're a not. Wait, this show this thing is that we just a momentary do. thing, and maybe you know, he's here. He's here. I think we. I think we saved this conversation for another date. I got too much to say. I'll okay. put you guys like I'll I'll, I'll send this into like twelve thirty. Okay. Yeah, we can't do that. So I'll I'll just give my number one, and then we'll we'll segue uh, the Rose Bowl, guys. The Rose Bowl for the Rose Bowl. I got to go. 
It's overrated. Okay, Chris. Who'd you go? Which one were you at? No, no, no. I, I've never been. I've heard people who I know people who go regularly, who go once a year to work there, and they say it's not fun. To work. Well, they, they just like to be in the stadium. They're like, it's not all that it's cracked up to be. I want to go for a college football semifinal at the Rose Bowl with a lot to play for. Give me that. I would very much. What was it? Oklahoma Clemson that played, or was it Oklahoma Ohio State? The well, Baker I it was Mayfield Oklahoma year? Georgia. That was Oklahoma, Oklahoma Georgia was the overtime Rose Bowl. Yeah, that Oklahoma had, and they let them off the hook. They were who they thought mm-hmm. they were. Um, that what an amazing game that must have been. I would have loved to have been there for that one. Rose Bowl for me, number one. So there you have it. The top five stadiums that we want to go to that we've never been to. If there's a big board concept that you'd like us to do or tier maker uh, Wednesday that you'd like us to do, you know where to do it. Tweet it at us. TD and premium discord. Do I have yes, to tweet or can I just say it? Please say it. Are you next week okay. should be top five places we have gone. Top five places we have gone. Top okay. five stadiums. We have gone to see a football game. Okay. I'm glad I get a whole week to think about it and try to yeah. figure it out. Yep. Yep. Probably going to be heavy baseball for me, but that's okay. Mm. No, top five places you've gone to see a football game. So Okay. All right. If, Chris, you want to have your five. side baseball list that you want to go through very quickly. Yeah, do, you, do your side baseball. Well, I mean, the baseball list I, I could do right now, but that's fine. Um, okay. No one cares about your fantasy team. Last segment here You're on. Damn right. No one cares. cares. Nobody, Nobody cares. The Thursday edition of the uh, Draft Dudes podcast. And uh, the, the, the impetus, the genesis behind this idea is we're going to talk about players who maybe are ticking you off on your fantasy team and maybe explain why what's happening the fantasy stigma versus the real life football implications we're going to get into it all here on the show the position that we are focusing on today we've got a group of running backs that we'd like to discuss and joe's got some things to say about russell wilson he really wants to talk about russell wilson so we will do that uh as well so guys if we if we will uh to start the running back conversation Let's talk about Pittsburgh Steeler running back Najee Harris. Okay. So we want to talk about Najee, who was generally, I wish Jamie Eisner was here, what, a top six? Oh, well, I'll look up his ADP, but he was probably a top 10 player for, for sure. Yeah, I think top 10 is pretty safe to say. He, he was very highly regarded coming into this, right? Because not- he... Caught 74 passes last year and rushed for 1,200 yards and all that stuff and so on and so forth. A top, a top seven player, according to ADP. Seven. I said wow. six. I said six. I went for it. I almost got it. Um, 1,667 yards from scrimmage and 10 touchdowns last year, but he led the NFL in touches with 381. What the Steelers do this offseason? We transition from Ben Roethlisberger to Mitchell Trubisky and a rookie quarterback. We effectively hold court with our offensive line situation. And uh, here we are through two games, and Najee has 25 rushes for 72 yards. Never mind the injuries, and right, that's obviously an, an unexpected and unplanned for layer that you can never account for in fantasy and, and often is the wrench that makes or breaks your season. But Najee on 307 carries last year had 3.9 yards per rush, right? Mm-hmm. Najee last year. He had 74 receptions, but logged 467 yards on 47 or 74 catches. 
Najee Harris, his appeal as a player was always a volume play and never an efficiency play. And Pittsburgh did nothing this offseason to indicate that that was going to be any better in year two. They, they, they completely held serve on the offensive line. I know they exchanged, what, right guard? They went one for one and, and yeah. brought in... Daniels um, for a trade turner. Yeah. James Daniels. Yep. So, I... I don't think anybody expected things to be this bad with Najee Harris early on. And obviously he's playing through what a foot injury, but I'm not particularly surprised that Pittsburgh can't effectively run the football. Um, and, and if Najee you're working him with a pitch count, the only thing that made him appealing as a player is, is put on the back burner right now because Najee last year was not an, uh, an effective, efficient player. He was a volume player. Yes, Chris. I have a, st- I have a stat here for you guys uh, that I think will kind of put this into focus. Last year, he had the 94 targets in 17 games. That averages out to five and a half targets a game. So five and a half opportunities per game that you're going to get to Najee Harris. Through two games, he's averaging four. So you're losing almost two targets a game, which is two opportunities for him to do something. And he's, and when- and he's down six carries per game. So... When this is a volume play, every rep is going to matter. Every target is going to be important here. When it was on the margins as it was with Najee as a fantasy player. And so when you lose six carries a game, when you lose almost two targets a game, yeah, you're going to start, you're going to see this type of production dip happen through two weeks. You think to the hope of Najee Harris, and I, I, I think, Kyle, you present a fair point that they didn't do a whole lot to change the situation around him. But I guess the argument that I can make against that is, well, Ben was really not a good quarterback last year and that maybe you hope that Mitch brings a little more to the table or you know, if they ever get to Kenny Pickett, that he can bring a little bit more to the table. And that a lot of those young linemen, whether it's Dan Moore or Kevin Dotson or if Kendrick Green can be something that like in their next season, they can take a jump. So maybe that's not <laughs> quite a great case, but like that has to be the logic in terms of what how you thought it can be a, a better situation this year for Najee. Because I don't think you look at it. If, 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 if Najee was exactly what he was last year, I think people would be fine with that. But so far, he's not. I also think he, as you reflect on that situation, Pittsburgh going out and getting another pass catcher, and Pickens, obviously, he was open 90% of the time uh, through the first two games, and that's his words, um, but but not really getting volume. But did that did drafting a quarterback and a wide receiver with our early picks tell you that, hey, maybe we're not going to feed the ball to Najee 400 times regardless of his health. I mean, this is all hindsight's 2020 stuff, but like we're, we're just kind of trying to read what the tea leaves should have told us with the benefit of hindsight right now. And it's still early in the season. And I get that, but go ahead. I think, I think there was an expectation rightly or wrongly by some that get big Ben out of there and it's going to make the offense flow better. And Najee's going to reap the fruits of that labor to me. Najee's great success last year was because of Big Ben not being able to deliver the ball down the field. So it was checked down Charlie. And guess who was the biggest recipient of that? 
Najee Harris. And so you couple the injuries with the limited snap count, with the new quarterback, with the same offensive line, and you're and from a real-life football perspective, you're dealing with a lot of the same problems that they had last year as an offense. They're not getting the ball down the field, and they're just kind of dumping it off, and it's just not going to Najee with great efficiency. Now, he had, he had two targets in week one. He had six in week two. So if, if he's more in line with the week two numbers, that's going to help him. But overall, with an average of four, yeah, this is something to keep an eye on, especially when you drafted him as a top eight, top six player. Is so, it also worth m- mentioning that they played Cincinnati and New England? Like, those are two good – like, if there's anything good about those two teams, it's the front sevens. Big oh. physical downhill linebackers, gap control players on the D-line. Like, those are tough assignments. Th- those are aren't not- teams that I would expect a lot of production from Najee Harris. Okay, well, isn't that what he's going up against tonight against the Browns? I, I bet you he has the best his best game of the year against the Browns. What what's your uh your yards from scrimmage total for Najee tonight? I, I appreciate you framing it like that because I, I, I think when you say that, like I don't know that he's ever gonna be a big yards from scrimmage. It could maybe 70, 80, 90 yards. Like it could be something like that, but where if he pops a big gain, run and, and he will a couple weeks, then you'll get the big right. the big booms. Well, but where where you're helped with a Najee Harris is if you're in a PPR league where you get a point per reception and he gets four or five receptions and he plunges a touchdown in, right? So there's 10 points there. You get to the 12, 13, 14 based on the yards. It's not And, and that's what? No, no yeah, the second, not the second, I, the second mark didn't make it this Sunday. So that that's that's what I think with Najee is like I don't think you're you didn't draft Najee Harris thinking that he was going to get you 120 150 yards from scrimmage regularly. It's that he might get you 70 to 90 yards, but one of them is going to be a touchdown. and You're going to get four or five points for a PPR league out of, out of receptions. You you want to take a walk with me real quick before we switch gears? Uh, sure. You're yeah, let's take a walk. Game. So they, can they we get take the brown? They, can we what? take a walk while we sit in the chair? Yeah, we'll stay okay. seated. Uh, but we'll, we'll walk with me for just a second. They play, they play the Browns in Cleveland on a short week this week. Mm-hmm. Then October 2nd, they're home against the Jets. Right? Yards. Uh, they're in Buffalo against the Bills front. Be tough. Uh, home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tough. Uh, on the road against the Miami Dolphins. Tough. Uh, at Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, tough. I get it. There's no good matchups. Tonight. Home against the Saints. Home against the Bengals. My guys, trade Najee Harris. <laughs> get what you get. What you can. It's time to okay. cut bait. These are brutal defensive right. fronts to have to play. Right. He's got, got the one, Jets and Browns. I got one more thing for you. Tonight, because you were talking about his total yards, according to our friends over at Bet Online, they have his player props. Rushing yards at 55 and a half. They have his receiving yards at 16 and a half. So seventy-one total. If you, yards. If, you if you combine them together, they yeah, think 71. he's going to be good for seventy-one tonight. That's what they're setting the line at. So, thought that would be might, interesting. Might take the over on those receiving yards. Sixteen and a half. Yeah, we feel like we're ripe, right? Yeah. Um, Chris, do we want to talk about our next back? I know we got another I back, would, or do we want to yeah. talk about Joe's guy? I would love to talk about one more back and then talk about Joe's guy because I think there needs to be a very, very frank conversation here with what the Los Angeles Chargers are doing with Austin Eckler. And I think we need to have that conversation right now here on the show. Go ahead, I mean, Chris. I mean, listen, <laughs> Najee was my guy. I was ready to pound the table about, about that situation. So go ahead. Listen, I, I think it was it was 
evidently clear that Austin Eckler was one of the best running backs in the league last year because of what he offered the Los Angeles Chargers. That was reflected in the way that he was valued in fantasy. I will let you know in PPR scoring. And again, Eckler does a lot of his work out of the backfield as well, catching passes. He was the third ADP. This is a top three player. This is the third running back that was coming off the board wow. for a lot of leagues and a lot of people. It was Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler. And so far, watching these Chargers play, it's not all Austin Eckler. He's not getting stuff down in the red zone. He's not getting the same workload that he was getting. And it appears as if they have a running back by committee approach that they are going to be utilizing the entire back, their entire backfield room at their disposal. And I have his game logs here up guys, 14 carries for 36 yards in week one against the Raiders, 14 carries for 39 yards in week two. He has not gotten into the end zone on the ground. He's not getting into the end zone, catching the ball. He had four targets in week one. He caught all four of them for 36 yards. Now in the Kansas city game, it was better. He had 10 targets. He caught nine of them for 55 yards, but he's not getting in the end zone. So you're getting, you're getting nine points for the receptions. You're getting another he, – he got you 9.4 points in standard leagues. And in PPR leagues, he was good for 18.4. So he was better in week two, but the usage is a problem. If he's not getting those red zone touches, he's not going to be able to get into the end zone. So you have to ask him to break a big play on the ground or break a big play in the passing game. And I just don't know how – when you draft a guy number three, there's an expectation of he's going to get into the end zone every week. And when you're immediately taking away one of the big opportunities for a running back to get into the end zone, that's a worrisome sign for sure. Shouldn't we have known that when they drafted Isaiah Spiller and then turned around and signed Sony Michelle the Correct. first opportunity they could? Like that Correct. was an indicator that they wanted to take some of that away from him. And the 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 scary thing, Joe, is they're just doing this with Sony Michelle. Isaiah Spiller's been banged up. Right, right. So they don't even have the guy that they went out and drafted in the mix as well. What's that gonna look like? Here's the reality, and I don't think people want to hear this, but when you're talking about a player like Austin Eckler. He's meaningful to the Los Angeles Chargers, but he's most meaningful to the Los Angeles Chargers later in the season when they're trying to gear up for the playoffs and they're trying to win playoff games. Early in the year, there's no reason to run this guy into the ground. And teams, think about that. There's managing these players. And Eckler's battle injuries. So I think I think there's a path for him to heat up, but it's not going to help people right now with their fantasy teams. Well, and it also is worth considering that, like, the emergence of Justin Herbert and everybody's ready to place Justin Herbert in this echelon of top four, top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Are you going to put the ball in his hands more or less as right. he continues to mature? Right. He's going to get the ball more in the big moments. And he's athletic and he can run himself too. So I think Here's that's, that's the concern to Joe, the point that you make, which I generally agree with, with Austin and him being a player who, Wear and tear ha has taken its toll on him throughout the course of most seasons that that he's been a primary player for the Chargers. So I, I've got a go ahead, Chris. I've got a very tell. Sorry, I have a very telling statistic here that I think for, puts this all into context. Last year in 2021, he averaged 4.4 yards per attempt. Through two games this year, that number is down to 2.7 yards per. Why attempt. do we think this is? This is this is I think this is the root of the the question, right? Like if if you can solve this, it probably gives you a lot of inclination of whether or not you believe Austin Eckler is going to be able to turn this around, right? If you can get an answer that you feel confident into this question, you can answer: Do I want to keep Austin Eckler on my fantasy team? Now I, I have Austin Eckler. I'm dealing with this on a weekly basis. It is frustrating. Is the I don't think the line's bad. 
my eyes don't tell me that, but maybe maybe some advanced metrics would tell me that oh, they're not particularly Chris, they're, good. Chris, their next two are Jacksonville at Houston, and I know Jacksonville's front played pretty well against Indianapolis, but I don't think they're going to be able to stuff the box like the way that they did against Indianapolis without Pittman. So maybe some opportunities, some get-right games here for Austin Eckler. I think Eckler. you'll have a couple get-right games for Austin Eckler here in the next couple weeks. Things we love to, things we love to hear. Before I get to Russ, I want to talk about Derrick Henry if we can. Please, um, Joseph. Be- because there's there's stuff to get into here. Obviously, a slow start to the year for him. 34 rushes, 105 yards, a touchdown, 3.1 yards per carry. He's not caught a pass. He's been targeted once in two games. Here's here's the thing. Derrick Henry's a good football player. He, he presents a unique skill set he's challenging to play against. This guy's ran the ball a ton going back to high school, right? Like This guy a, a, has a lot of mileage under him right now. And he's coming off the injury last year. And look at his yards per carry going, or excuse me, his yards after contact per attempt dating back to 2019. It's come down every year. 2019 actually goes back to 2018. 4.2 yards after contact 2018. 2019, 4.16. 2020, 3.85. 2021, 3.28. So far this year, 2.97. That style of game doesn't age well, okay? And now he's in his age 28 season. And you have an offensive line that has a 280-pound guard in Aaron Brewer starting at left guard, and Nicholas Petit-Friere, a rookie out of Ohio State, no playing at right tackle. MPT. No, he, it's just, he's a young player. Taylor Luan's now backed up. And i got to tell you what, I'm not impressed with Todd Downing, their offensive coordinator. They're running Derrick Henry on toss sweeps. On toss sweeps. And here's the thing. They're going up against the Bills last week. They didn't have that Oliver, and they didn't have Tim Settle in that game. Run the Bills played two practice squad defensive tackles, and Todd Downing's running Derrick Henry off tackle. So I think they have a bad offensive line, an aging Derrick Henry, and a stupid offensive coordinator. And no other established weapons on in the offense. Right. Who? What are, you, what are you afraid of? Yeah, like right. what are you afraid of with that offense? So you load the box and you say, hey, Ryan right. and he'll beat us throwing the ball down the field to right. Traylon Burks. Like, maybe, we dare you. Maybe the Raiders Welcome back to 2015, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill. We, we, we talked about this with all the other players. Raiders, Colts, Commanders, Colts, Texans, the next five for the Titans. So potentially some opportunities here yeah. to get Derrick Henry involved. To your point, Joe, dating back to 2013 when he was at Alabama, Derrick Henry has carried the ball over 2,000 times since 2013. His high school his high school carries are insane, too. So 600 carries in college. He has over 1,400 attempts in the National Football League. And then I don't have the high school numbers handy for me. but So over 2,000 just in his college. His senior year, he had 462 carries in high school. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> there's, there's a bit of a 50, breaking down this is thing. This senior, could be a- Derrick Henry's senior year of high school, 462 carries, 4,261 yards, 55 touchdowns in 12 games. 12 games? No, that, I was sitting no, here wondering, they no, played 15, 16 no, games for him to get that? No, they played no, 12. That, that can't be accurate. Okay. Those, no, he did, he did that in high school? In, in one games. year! In one year, in 12 games, he had 55 He said 462? 462 carries That's in 12 38 games. That's 38.5 carries a game. Yeah. They literally just gave it to him every play. And so go score a touchdown every play. I'll tell you who didn't care about 28-year-old Derrick Henry for the Tennessee Titans, whoever the head coach of coach. Uh, whatever freaking school this is. He had 1,397 carries at high school. Bro, that's what I'm trying to tell you. 153 <laughs> touchdowns. This dude averaged in his senior year basically a first down every time he touched the ball. 9.2 yards per carry. Yeah, 55 touchdowns in 12 games. 13, according to Wikipedia. Just one of them. So 1,300 carries in high school. 
600 carries in college. 600 carries in college. So now we're so at effectively two, 2,000. Round up call, 2,000. And he has 1,400 in the pros. So this guy uh, has, 1, has touched. Yeah. yeah four, this this right, man no, has touched the ball. 1,591 rushing attempts in the pros. So he has almost 1,600. You know what? This just is this is just regular. Oh, I have postseason as well. Yeah, I mean, I, so, I have so I'm well. just looking at regular season for the NFL. So this guy has over three thirty five hundred carries in his career playing football since high school. In the last twelve, 12 years. in the last thirteen years, thirteen years. Not a math guy. Sorry, Joe. You got to talk about Russ, and you got to talk about him quick, yeah, brother. Yeah, it's, it's just quick on Russ because I know that he's off to a bit of a slow start in Seattle, or excuse me, in Denver. Ooh, this is what I want. He say. might wish and he's I back in Seattle. Really. This is, this is what I want to say. Russell Wilson's a very, very good NFL starting quarterback, and he's I got a like great resume. This is going. Well, look, I just this is what I want to get to. There's something to be said for the awareness that the Seattle Seahawks have to his limitations as a player, right? There's something to be said for it. He's with Pete Carroll his entire career. They know what he is and what he isn't. That's something that still has to be learned in Denver. And I don't think Russ Wilson walked into that building and said, hey, Nathaniel Hackett, I don't throw the ball over the middle of the field. Even if guys are open, I don't see him. All right? That's something that they have to adjust to. And I think there's something to be said for Seattle's awareness to those limitations. Did you catch anything from the um, the Richard Sherman show podcast? Didn't see it. He had – who did he have on recently? It was another former Seattle Seahawk. And uh, they were talking about the standard that Russ was held to in Seattle versus the defense. And Sherman was like, this wasn't even a case of like, we were the the old guard. He was only a year younger than we were. And then after the Super Bowl, it quickly became apparent, like with the division in the locker room, that they were going to have to choose between the defense and Russ. And then they picked Russ. And then once the defense wasn't culpable for the shortcomings of the team anymore and Russ was accountable, that's when the rift started with Pete and Russ. And that's how they ended up pushing him out the door and trading him. So it was KJ Wright. KJ and I Wright. Have the, and I have the quote here that Richard Sherman on his official Twitter account quote, retweeted from the podcast network. Ooh, he really Go ahead. This. It's very quote, interesting. He, w- he was not held to the same accountability as the rest of us. End quote. KJ Wright and Richard Sherman on how Russell Wilson received special treatment under Pete Carroll. So and then there's been this whole whole push this whole time to quote unquote let Russ cook. And Joe, to your point, I don't want the meal if that's what he's going to cook. I don't let, want it. Let Russ cook has its pros and cons as well. And the high watermarks of let Russ cook that's a question that like Denver's going to find the answer out to. And I, I don't have a I don't have a firm answer one way or another. Right? Like I, I haven't studied it in depth to have a gut feeling one way or another, but I know Denver season has not started the way that they wanted to. And I know Russ missed some wide open throws in the first two weeks of the season. Like just didn't throw it to guys. So I know a lot of times the heat falls back on the play callers, right? Oh, that they're, they're not doing this with the offense. They need to do this with the Mm -hmm. offense. And I think, if we stop to ask ourselves the question, well, why not? I think you might ask you, you might come up with some pretty interesting explanations as to why that is. If you stop to ask yourself that question, instead of saying, hey, why don't they they put the ball more in Russ's hands in some of these game situations? And is it because they don't 
they're incompetent or is it because they know what Russ is and what Russ is not? And that's just an individual player example of that, Joe, as your larger point was with Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks versus now the Denver Broncos. Good stuff, boys. That's it. We got it in under an hour today, so that's a plus. I had two Margies on the show, so I had a nice time. I don't know about you guys, but uh, we're going to go ahead and put a bow on this thing. We got uh, Takes on Takes tomorrow, revamped uh, Takes on Takes as well. Yes, but but Takes on Takes. Just send your takes in. Send, send your, your takes, send your hot your takes, takes. title takes. Send them all in. Just know that it, it, it's, it's going to be more dynamic than what it's been in the past. We're very excited for that. We're also very appreciative of our friends over at Bet Online for their continued support of the show. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Make it a great Thursday. Enjoy the games tonight. We'll talk to you all again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.